welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. I'm your host, Cassidy Lynn, and we have a submissions episode for you guys today. I know that this episode is very sought after. I personally love to record these episodes. I love to read your guys' stories and all of that. So you're in for a good episode today. Trust me, I read through all of the stories and my jaw was on the floor. So today we're talking about nightmare client stories. Um, I didn't really give too many parameters. I kind of just left it up to you guys to discern what that meant to you. Um, So we've got some crazy scenarios, just crazy things that clients have done to you guys in the past. Um, So yeah, get ready, get prepared. And honestly, be prepared to grow an appreciation for the clients that you currently work with because you're going to you're going to see okay maybe my clients aren't that bad because these clients are very bad very 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 bad. So um yeah, that's what we're talking about today. I am currently recording this like it's not night, it's like 5 p.m. but because it's winter in Michigan, the sun is kind of setting right now. So kind of night vibes but not really like we're almost there. Um so yeah, that's kind of a weird time for me to record, but honestly Charlie left to go see his sister in Indiana for like a night. And I'm like, I'm here by myself. I might, might as well work. Like I kind of took the day to not work. And then, you know, I'm working at night. If Charlie's not here, I'm like, okay, let me just crank out my work. So, so then when Charlie is here, I can kind of like hang out with him and like, you know, my work is, I'm caught up on most of my work. So then I have more flexibility, you know? So it's kind of my mindset. I'm recording at night and I'm going to edit this at night and I'm going to do other stuff tonight. Um, yeah. Anyway, let me give you guys a few updates. Honestly, we have a lot of stories to read, so I can't, I can't talk too much, but a few updates. Number one, I live in Michigan. If you haven't, if you didn't just hear that, but we got hit like a lot of, (laughs) a lot of this area of the country, like honestly, this whole top half of the country got hit with like a ton of snow the past like week, (laughs) like basically last weekend. Okay. We're in Michigan. People know how to handle snow. Even still, we know how to handle snow, but it's like the amount of snow we got was just crazy. Like last weekend was full panic for everyone. It was like, I think it was on Friday. The storm was supposed to come. Businesses were closing ahead of time. Like people were like, Oh, snowstorm we're closed. And like the snow didn't even hit until like 5 p.m. So it was like all day we were all just waiting for this crazy snowstorm. And then it hit. It was insane. I actually like fell asleep on that Friday. I fell asleep in the afternoon for a nap and woke up and it was like we had a foot of snow. And I was like, what just happened? Um, So it's just been crazy. There's so, so, so much snow. I don't even know how to handle myself. I... I feel like I just went from 50 degrees to like negative 15 weather. And I'm just like, I don't know what to wear. I don't want to go outside. I don't want to drive anywhere. I don't want to shovel. Charlie, Charlie really does all the shoveling, but I'm, I feel bad. I'm like, I want to help him a little bit. So I do a little bit of shoveling and I'm like, this is my life. I live in Alaska. This is what I've chosen. (laughs) So there's just a lot of snow and it's just been a plot twist and it's really, um, solidified my need for moon boots, <laughs> which is something I wanted for Christmas, but that I didn't get, I kind of still want them. Um, so yeah, 
I'm dealing with a lot of snow, which kind of has put me in this like really thick travel thing where I'm just like, I want to travel this. The itch is there guys. I need to scratch it. Um, so I actually am going to Nashville next week to visit my sister, but apparently in Nashville, it's also snowing. So it's like cool. Anyway. Um, so we have that and let me think of my other life update I have for you guys. I only wrote down two things. Oh, I'm also speaking of travel. I am probably going to do my road trip in March again. Me and Charlie have done it for the past two years. So we're going to do that again. And we're currently planning out our spots. We bring a camper with us. Um, we try to hit like pretty photo worthy stuff. I try to find couples along the way and like do shoots and like film the behind the scenes for you guys. So um, if you guys have any like national park recommendations, kind of on like the more Southern or like warm part of the United States, we two years ago did like Yosemite and the Tetons and stuff in March, but it was actually freezing. So if you guys have like any recs for places that are warmer that you've camped maybe in this time frame, that's like really pretty, or maybe you live close to an area and you're like, let's meet up, let's shoot. Send me a DM either on the Oshu podcast or on my Cassidy Lynn account and just let me know your guys' thoughts. Um, but speaking of behind the shoots of videos, behind the scenes shoot videos, I just posted one on my YouTube channel that's really where I like to post like those full length videos of me shooting. So if you want to go check those out, that's on my YouTube channel. Okay. I think that's really all that I want to say. We need to get into these client stories. Okay. <laughs> brace yourself, guys. Literally brace yourself. <laughs> Some of these are long too. Okay. Here's the first one. Nightmare client stories. This person says, hi, Cassidy. I love your podcast so much. Thank you for taking the time to read my story. You're welcome. Let's set the scene. This is my first year as a photographer and I did not know how to set boundaries yet. My client booked a family session for January, but rescheduled due to her kids getting RSV. I understand that happens. So no biggie. I let her change the date. Okay. So this is January. Just want to make sure I'm tracking. She moved the session to February, but then she got quote snowed in. The snowstorm was legit, but not sure if she was actually trapped considering I had another session the same day and had no problems driving around the same town that she was in. We rescheduled again to March and she once again cancels this time saying her kids were removed from her custody being tested for drug exposure. Like what? <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to be rude or cause her more stress. So I let her take a few days and she reached out a week later saying they were reunited. I asked when she wanted to reschedule too, and she left me on red. I reached out a week later, this is mid-April, asking if she wanted to just cancel due to how chaotic things have been for her, and she said no, she wanted to still do the session, but that her mother-in-law was in town, so she was too busy and wanted to reschedule to the middle of June. Keep in mind, the original session was for the first week of January, so this is six months of constant rescheduling. Finally, it's the day of her session and she hasn't paid the remaining balance and she wasn't replying to any of my messages. I sent her one final message letting her know that due to the balance not being paid, I would not be showing up to the session. I'm really glad I didn't drive all the way there because she completely ghosted me. At least I got to keep the retainer though. Now I have it in my contract that there's a fee to reschedule and up to my discretion if I do want to reschedule. Ironically, I saw her posting on a Facebook page months later looking for a photographer. I feel bad for whoever she booked. 
Wow. Okay. I have so many thoughts. I'm really glad that you have that thing in your contract now. Um, I didn't know that like a rescheduling fee was a thing. Um, it, it was kind of hard for me in my business when I was first kind of getting on my feet and getting a lot of clients. I think it was my, my, like uh, technically it would be my second year of having a full calendar of weddings. And that's when I had COVID and dealt with a ton of reschedules. And I like, it's just crazy. Reschedules are so weird to deal with and you want to make sure for sure it's in your contract. I mean, if you don't like you heard in the story, you can completely get walked all over. And I mean, I've been there, I've been walked all over before. Um, and I think it, it just kind of shows people my time is valuable. (laughs) I'm, I'm a serious photographer. You can't just keep rescheduling and pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back. Like you got to pay. Like you're, you're essentially the payment is helping cover the fact that they reserved a date and then you weren't able to book anything else because they reserved the date. That is crazy. That's wild. And then like the thing about them being tested for drug exposure, that makes me just wonder, like, are these things actually happening? Like, that is just a crazy, that's just crazy. And then being trapped in for a snowstorm, like your mother-in-law's in town, I'm too busy. Like the excuses are just rolling in. My gosh, this is chaotic energy that I did not welcome here. Actually, I did. I asked you guys to submit these stories. <laughs> okay, next up. Hi, Cassidy. Love your podcast. I was interning at a wedding and the mother of the groom refused to let the couple have a private last dance. My lead photographer told told her the couple wanted a private moment and she wouldn't listen to my lead firmly, who stood her ground and said no to the mother of the groom um, to defend her couple's wishes. The mother of the groom shoved the lead photographer hard and also pushed past the second shooter. She kept trying to shove past the people guarding the dance floor entrance, and eventually she punched one of the male guests who was trying to de-escalate the issue. The mother of the bride got involved and grabbed the mother of the groom's hand mid-swing and yanked her hand back hard. This all happened while the couple was having their last dance, which resulted in the bride crying when she found out. I felt so bad for the couple and the mother of the groom. The mother of the groom had to be escorted off the property by her husband. The other crappy part is that the male guest who interfered was wearing a special pin on his jacket, which fell off when he got hit and it was never found since it was dark out. Wow, that is crazy. Wait, okay, who got punched? Let me go back and read this. Let me make sure. Oh, didn't I, I don't think anyone actually got punched. Oh, did the guy get punched? Oh, yeah, yeah. She punched one of the male guests. <gasps> oh, my gosh. That is wild. Okay. <laughs> I feel like a common theme with these stories is what I've discovered is it's not necessarily the clients themselves, but it can be like the parents or like someone associated with the couple, which is really hard or like with the client that's really 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 hard like what did she think was gonna happen by her shoving past these people like at that point you've already made a big enough scene just like let it go you know like the couple's already dancing like you're making a scene you're making it worse like yeah I 
it's, with weddings, there's just this weird entitlement that comes with weddings with parents, siblings, bridal party. I mean, even the couple themselves, like obviously when you get married, you're entitled to things, you know, like you pay vendors and whatnot, but like human decency, like let's not punch people over the fact that you can't watch a first dance or last dance. Like it's okay. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Oh boy. Honestly. Okay. Let me put myself in this scenario. If I were there, let's say I was the lead. I would probably, I would say like, hey, the couple doesn't want you in here. But I think honestly, I don't know if I would physically stop someone. I mean, you know, it's like I've said what I've said what I said. Like I've said you can't come in here. Like if you're going to push past me, I'm not a bodyguard. And honestly, like (laughs) it's in my contract, like physically, if anything happens to me. I'm out. So I honestly would probably just like say what I need to say, but like not physically doing do anything because at that point, like, like I said, it just causes more drama. <laughs> and obviously the bride was upset that this happened. The bride was literally crying. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm so glad that was not my scenario. Okay. This one is long. This one's crazy though. July, 2021. I was living at home with my parents during this time. The wedding was on a Sunday and I didn't know I was shooting this wedding until two hours before. I thought I was going to have a relaxing day, hang out, didn't have any plans. 10 a.m. My mom walks in asking if I'm doing anything. Then she begins to explain to me that she told her friend that for their wedding gift, she would have me photograph their wedding. No warning. (laughs) Told me to get there at 12 p.m dumbfounded I told her she needs to pay me that I'm not doing this for free I felt bad because to my understanding this couple was relying on me to show up to their wedding all this time and I didn't want to bail so I go really wish I did it it's like at a city park playground and all the bride is getting changed in the hole in the ground bathrooms my younger sister is a bridesmaid who I was and am really no contact with for a number of reasons. So that's a whole other layer to the day. I know the rabbi from two mitzvahs I had photographed prior. She didn't remember me or pretended not to, even though she had at the other ones. I'm standing over in the ceremony reception, everything space because it was all together. (laughs) I wish I could show you this setup because it was awful. I'm with the groom and the rabbi going over the last few details before the ceremony begins when the friend that is meant to walk the bride down the aisle collapses. When he fell, he cut his head open on the fence and he was. Okay, wait, when he fell, I got, okay, I got it. (laughs) Having a hard time reading. When he fell, he cut his head open on the fence. He was by and was seizing both the groom and the rabbi. Look at each other. Look at me. Look at the friend. Look at each other and annoyed say he's just being dramatic. I walk past them dialing 911. I start to talk to the operator saying we need an ambulance at our location. And then they ask for specifics about his condition and what is happening. Thankfully, there are two or three other people who are nurses or doctors. So I could pass off my phone to one of them to explain everything in the way that was needed. Ambulance shows up. Friend gets taken to the hospital. They still follow through with the wedding as if nothing happened. Right before I left the friend called apologizing for seizing to the couple because the groom was still annoyed question mark. 
while while his bride was still pretty distraught over her friend going to the hospital i was there for three hours instead of an hour i think i got paid 600 to 800 dollars maybe i don't remember it's been so long maybe a month after the wedding my mom tells me that their friend died i didn't know the specifics of the reason besides the fact that he passed not long after the wedding day wow 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 Okay, I'm processing all of this. Let's talk about the fact that the groom said that his that the friend was being dramatic. Like, what do you mean he's seizing on the floor? What do you mean dramatic? Oh my gosh, that is wild. And then, then let's talk about the fact that your mom didn't tell you that you were shooting the wedding. Listen. I'm sure your mom is great. I'm sure your mom is a great person. Just slipped her mind, whatever. I am just shocked that the couple had more advanced notice than you. If anything, I almost feel like it should be the other way around. Like the couple should be surprised with, oh, wedding photography, rather than the photographer is surprised with, oh, I have a wedding today. Like that is not it. I do not know how I would handle that because I am the type of person when I shoot a wedding, I need a couple of, I would say at least a couple weeks notice so I can like mentally prepare when I have a wedding. Like I need at least two days before a wedding where I'm just like, I feel like I'm anxious. I'm like mentally prepping, making sure everything's in line. Like I know where I'm supposed to go. I know the timeline, all of that. I cannot imagine someone walking into me right now and being like, hey, you have to shoot a wedding in two hours. I would literally be like, um, excuse me. First of all, my batteries aren't charged. So no, batteries are not charged. Cannot participate in that. <laughs> I'm surprised that this person's batteries were charged that they could just like whip it all together because honestly, I think all of my batteries are at like 30% with the exception of the one that's in the camera that I'm recording this right now with. That is wild. Yeah, no, no, no. I cannot do that. And then to top it all off, the friend dies. That is very sad. And I really hope that's not related to anything that happened at the wedding. Like, I hope, you know, the lack of like help at the wedding, like with someone helping the friend besides the photographer, obviously helped the friend, but like, I hope that didn't have anything to do with the death. That's really, really, really hard. And honestly, like I bet now that couple feels a little bit bad because it's like, your friend needed you obviously. Okay. You know, I'm not even going to go there, but that is just really, really sad and very unfortunate. I'm so sorry to whoever that person is in their family. Okay. Here's the next one. One year I donated a family session to be sold at my high school's PTA auction, basically to get some exposure since most of our community participates in the auction. Well, the family that won the auction waited more than a year to schedule the session. So much time had passed that I forgot I had even donated my services to the school in the first place. On top of that, they were fighting the entire time and actually asked me to take photos of them arguing slash ignoring each other while scrolling on their phones to get more, quote, real photos of how they really are as a family. It was such a wild experience and I was constantly being shoved into the middle of their arguments. Plus I didn't even get paid for it. That is a nightmare client right there. The, that's like however many people were in the family. That's multiple nightmare clients. 
Oh boy. (laughs) That's, that's the thing with like these family sessions, especially with like teenagers. Like, I feel like there's just, it's really, really hard to shoot those sessions. And I feel like they just don't make it easy for you. And then you said you feel like you're getting in the middle of their arguments. That is the thing with like shooting family, shooting couples, shooting weddings. Like you are instantly being put in the middle of all of their business. Like there is really no hiding when you're doing a session. Like you're in people's business. You hear what they're talking about. You see how they interact. And that's a a really hard place to be in. You really have to balance like, okay, what's the line here? What is too much info? Like, do you guys need a minute? Like, you want photos of you arguing? Like, what? That's wild. Definitely a nightmare client. Definitely glad I've never <laughs> given a session for a PTA auction. The The concept is there. It really is. Like, it's a great thing for exposure and all of that. I would be curious to know if, like, you actually booked anything else from that, if the auction was, like, actually beneficial for your business let us know i'm interested (laughs) okay this person started by asking for a voice memo option for these because like their story is too long i don't know how to do that yet guys i'm i'm not apple i am not i'm not jeff bezos like i don't understand technology that far i'm sure i could figure it out though so i'll keep you guys posted if i do get a voice memo option because that would be funny to like hear what you guys like hear the storytelling like your voices behind it then I don't have to read the stories too I can just react so it's a win-win honestly (laughs) I'm just kidding I like reading the stories I just have a hard time reading sometimes okay basically I already had a bad experience before the session and I knew it wouldn't go normal long story short I go to meet up with my clients and they end up in a car wreck and they leave the the crime scene to come take photos with me their car had a strong smell of weed and when they pulled up the cop showed up to the park in the parking lot to get their information so I let them know that we would probably need to cancel for today and let them figure out what they were doing about their car and the cops they were a young couple with a five-month-old that was also not in a car seat I never tried to reschedule wow Nightmare clients. It, that could be just a series of very unfortunate circumstances. You know what I mean? Like, it is very unfortunate that they got in a car wreck. But other things, like, uh, you have a five-month-old, you don't have a car seat. Like, that. that's alarming, you know? <laughs> I think it's so funny hearing, like, I never tried to reschedule. You guys are so... You guys are hilarious. Like, you guys are, like... Yeah, never even tried to reschedule. Sorry. Like, <laughs> you guys are so funny. It's like, you know that they're nightmare clients. Like, you just know. So you're like, mm, no, thank you. I want no part in it. If they try to reschedule, I'm going to be like, mm, you can have your money back. <laughs> you guys are funny. Okay, next one. <clears throat> I had a girl from my college book me for a brother sister shoe as a gift to her mom. Let me stop you right there. (laughs) Now, listen, I don't have a brother. I don't. I only have sisters. However, I can imagine that this was not the brother's idea. Let's keep going. 
The problem was that they looked nothing alike, so posing was already difficult at the risk of making them look like a couple. (laughs) On top of that, the brother was clearly so uninterested in participating in the session and kept asking me, don't you think this is ridiculous every time I prompted them? Overall, it ended up terrible, and then she asked me to only post the photos of her since her brother was headed into some classified army job and couldn't have public photos posted. Needless to say, I don't take sibling sessions for adults anymore. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I my brain is trying so hard to think of a siblings pose, a two person siblings pose guy girl that would not look like a couple's photo. Let's think. Um, You could. uh, The first thing that comes into my head are these really like cheesy Pinterest poses of like like the like the sister with her elbow propped up on like the brother's shoulder or something (laughs) oh boy or like they don't even really you don't hold hands with your brother like so you wouldn't have them like hold hands I guess you could have them sitting next to each other like how do you actually get like handed photos honestly I feel like the only photos that really your mom would use out of that would be like A photo of the two of them smiling at the camera. Maybe some photos of them walking, but obviously not holding hands. Linking arms. Is that a sibling thing to do with your brother? A piggyback? No, piggyback is like a little too couple-ish. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What do you do? Oh boy. I don't know. I'm, yeah. If you're, if anyone's listening to this and takes adult, adult senior or adult sibling photos and like you've got poses up your sleeve let me know because i have none okay here is another nightmare client story when i first started photography i had another photographer reach out to me asking me to do headshots for her i was so excited the way we had planned this was she was going to get headshots from me and i would get headshots from her both for free like a trade for a trade well shoot day comes and i'm so excited i get there and everything starts out fine But as the shoot goes on, she gets rude and short with me. I was really confused. A day after her shoot, I had a friend reach out to me saying that this photographer publicly was bashing me to many people. Talking about the equipment I used. Keep in mind, I'm a broke college girl that saved up every penny for this equipment. Then she continues to reach out to my clients, families, couples, etc. Trying to get them to book with her, saying I was a bad photographer. Now, at the time, I wasn't great to work with, but also wasn't bad. She went on as far as to show up at my work with her wedding client, showing me her and telling her not to book with me. I was so upset. Definitely not a girl's girl move. She likes to promote herself on Instagram as a girl's girl, but she's not. Oh, and not to mention, I never got my headshots like she promised. Oh, my gosh. You didn't even get your headshots. As of now, I'm absolutely thriving for a first-year photographer, booking weddings and completely booked certain months, which may not seem like a big accomplishment, but I am so grateful to be able to do this. P.S. Love you so much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. My <laughs> Abba just, like, gagged in his sleep, and that scared me. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So this is not only a nightmare client, but it's a nightmare like photographer client. Like this is someone who also works with client who's in the industry. Wow. 
And okay, I not to like say that this girl isn't telling the truth because very well could be. I just feel like there's always two sides to every story. Like, why did this photographer go and start bashing this person? Like, does she actually have any ground to stand on? Also, saying her equipment's not good, like, that's like low key rude. Like, equipment's expensive that's that's like being like oh this person's broke don't work with them like that's not cool (laughs) like oh boy I I love headshot trade for trades I love doing stuff like that you have to make sure you're doing it with the right person like I really only do it with people that I'm like friends with and know like this is gonna go well um you know or you've talked about it previous you know it's very obvious we're trading sd cards like whatever you know i put my sd card in your camera you know stuff like that oh boy so sorry that happened i this isn't the first story i've heard of like photographers going to other people's clients and trying to like poach clients never in my mind Has that even been like an option? I've never, ever, ever thought to myself, oh, I should go and try to get this person's clients. Like what? That is wild. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry that happened to you. But you know what? You said it yourself. You're thriving and it's your first year. You're booked certain months. Good for you. You just have to keep your head up because stuff like that keeps people from being in the industry. And honestly, like as you start to get like, more experience, more in your portfolio, like better gear, stuff like that. It really gets so much better. I promise you. I swear all this crazy stuff happens right when you start. Like my craziest stories, craziest client stories, all of that right when you start. Okay. Promise. We're jumping into an ad real quick to talk about Aftershoot. Did you know that in 2023, Aftershoot helped photographers edit and cull over 1.15 billion images? They offer AI assisted editing and AI assisted culling to make your editing process streamlined and super quick. Aftershoot's AI culling software will select your blurred images, closed eyed images, your duplicates, and groups them all separately for your convenience, which means you can select and review hundreds of photos in just minutes using Aftershoot. Trust me, I know how long it takes to select and review hundreds if not thousands of photos from a wedding or a session and honestly we don't have time for that we have better things to do with our business they also offer a personal ai editing profile all you have to do is import your edited catalogs and you'll begin to train a custom profile that will imitate your style and do a bulk of the editing task for you you can also check out their marketplace which offers 30 pre-built ai styles for photographers looking to try fresh and new editing styles these pre-built styles are super easy to preview and you can apply the ones you like in just a few clicks. With Aftershoot, there's no more paying per image. You get unlimited culling and editing for a flat fee. The software also works offline, so you can literally work anywhere and everywhere. Their customer support is available 24-7. Aftershoot also has a fantastic five-star review on Trustpilot, so you can know they're legit and here to help you. Aftershoot is offering Oshoot listeners a free 30-day trial. I promise your editing workflow is going to be absolutely changed after trying Aftershoot. Head on over to the link in the description to claim your your 30-day free trial of Aftershoot. Thanks so much for listening. And now back to the show. Next, we have a story about a summer evening. Okay. 
One summer evening last year, I was getting ready for a senior session in the town where I live. I decided to check my photography Instagram and I noticed one of my other seniors had DM'd me saying, we're here, let us know when you get here. I felt a sudden panic and I was so stressed immediately. The location they were at was an hour away. I called them in the mom. She picked up and was saying that they were told it was this day and that they just went through a lot of traffic and pretty much thought that they were right. I apologized profusely and offered them a free family session to make up for the inconvenience. Wow, you're much nicer than I am. (laughs) The whole time, I thought I was in the wrong and I was so scared. Turns out after the phone call, I quickly looked in HoneyBook at their inquiry and everything, and they had the wrong date. So I messaged them saying that even on the contract, it states that it was on such and such a day at such and such a time and that I was in the right pretty much. I was super nice and just had to make it known that I didn't mess up. I still let them know that they could do a family session, but they haven't reached out about it. Wow. And, you know, this is this is where we get that panic of like... (laughs) do I have a session today? Like, do I have a session right now while I'm recording this? Like stuff like this really makes me like second guess. Like did some, did I just miss something in my honey book? Like, did I just overlook something? But most of the time I feel like we're the ones that, you know, have it straight. I mean, there have been so many times where I like have, I don't know, a phone call and, or like some sort of meeting. And I, I'm positive I type it at the right time on the right date. And then like I look and like I put it in like the day before or something. I'm like, how did that happen? So I could totally see that being just like, you know, what happened with this scenario. Honestly, though, after that, I would have been like, um, no family session for you. Sorry. <laughs> You're the one that got it wrong. Not me. <laughs> Mid-January 2022, I was reached out to by a client. Him and his fiance planned a small wedding in South Big Sur, March 2022. So it's only a couple months away. I only talked to him because she didn't speak English, so he would translate between the two of us, between the bride and this photographer. This was my first year of my own weddings after five to six years of second shooting and associate shooting under a contract for someone else. Um, or just weird two hour weddings that I have done in the past. When I was booking with them, I told them that they needed to obtain a special events permit and sent them every single link and contact in order to obtain one. They also said that they were determining between two different locations for the ceremony. So I told them to keep me in the loop and said to reach out if they needed any advice. They booked me for four hours, which was $1,500, and I offered to split the four hours into two separate hours as they had a lunch planned with family right after the ceremony, and then they wanted photos along the coast after that. They signed my contract, paid the deposit, and had the payments split into three. I would reach out to him every week or so through email, Instagram, and his phone number. I never heard from him. He paid a second payment in late February, but still no word. I messaged him constantly and I heard nothing. But get this, on HoneyBook, it tells you when they open emails, right? He opened every single one of them. He still hadn't sent me the location, the permit, nothing. I live about an hour away from Carmel, so I didn't have to travel in much anyway. So that was good. The wedding was a Friday and the Wednesday before, two days before, I still hadn't heard anything after the point where I felt like I was, wait, 
two days before, I still hadn't heard anything after to the point where I felt like I was harassing this man. And let me tell you, I was driving, thinking about this whole debacle to the point where I pulled over to a coffee shop, grabbed my laptop, typed up a whole cancellation contract where I would refund him his second payment, not charge him the third payment. I had a whole email typed out, incredibly professional, explaining that it was his responsibility to be in contact with me and his ability to give me any details, including the location, made it impossible for me to do my job. As I was clicking send, I froze, still not having released the sent button, wanting to take a photo of the email. In that moment, he emails me back. <laughs> oh my gosh. My emotions are now sending me an awful location pin and a time saying his phone was stolen on a trip, a trip from early March. So he was still ignoring all of my previous emails and asking if I can shoot drone, which is not something that I even offer. <laughs> I threw the cursor to the side just in time, thank God, so it never sent. So now we get to the wedding itself. We would arrive at the pin location at 8.30 a.m., have the ceremony, shoot family photos, and a few couples photos until 10 a.m. or 10.30. Then we would split up, they would go to lunch, and we would meet back up. I told him service is spotty and big, sir, so I'll try to update him about my location as I made my way to the location. The night before, he also told me he never obtained the permit. What? I don't know what I should have done, but I still shot this wedding because it was so last minute and I was such a pushover. Day of, I left my house at 5.30 a.m. because to get to this location, um, it would take me over two hours to get there at least. I arrived before 8 a.m. I'm the first one there, so I go explore by myself to scout the area. I then sit in my car driving back and forth from the pin location to four minutes down the road where I find the spottiest service ever to text him. I get one text saying they're on their way from 7.30 a.m. or so. 8.20 a.m. the officiant arrives. Him and I are standing outside the cars waiting for them to arrive. Cassidy, they do not arrive until 9.45 a.m. And honestly, let's just say 10 a.m. Oh my gosh. That is so late. Wait, they said they were supposed to be there at 8? I am shocked. The officiant is also a counselor, so he had to be back home in Carmel by 12 p.m. to work, so he was on a time limit. 25-plus family members, the groom and officiant, run off to the ceremony spot along the cliff, leaving me and the bride just standing there. It had also just rained, so it was super muddy. The ground wasn't stable at all. It was overcast and freezing. Tell me why this girl was wearing four-inch heels. <laughs> I then, honestly, it's life. I then escort her and almost carry her as she's falling in her heels to the ceremony spot. Both of us just giggling in awkward silence because neither of us speak each other's language and her family bailed on her. Ceremony happens. I'm getting the most major side eyes from the family when I'm just trying to get photos during the ceremony. They grouped together within feet of the couple. So I couldn't get any photos of just the two of them. It felt like a wall. Oh my gosh. The family is creating a wall. Awesome. It doesn't end here though. We do the photos after and then I follow them to where they're having lunch so I can find my way to meet them after lunch. I go location scout for a little bit, um, come back and I found this gorgeous spot, drove to where they're having lunch, comes back. We plan to meet at 1 p.m. at the restaurant to caravan the three of us to go shoot. I get there, let them know I'm there, grab a few photos of them inside with their family, and I wait for 30 minutes for them to be like, 
now we're ready. <laughs> they say their they say their family is going to head back to the hotels and they're going to change, but they'll leave at the same time as everyone else. I stand outside and he's like, "This is my car." I show him my car. There is no confusion. <laughs> I see them and their family pull out of the spots. I reverse and I lead them 10 minutes up the road to the location that I found. Tell me why every single one of those cars, including the car with the couple, drove right past me. Just drove off. And I'm like, WTF. I then drive back to the restaurant because I gaslight myself saying, oh, maybe they were inside, even though I swear on my life that they were in the car and that they drove by. I drive back and forth between the shoot location and the restaurant five times. I spend over an hour searching for the couple, trying to text and call them. I used a pay phone to leave a message of why did you bail <laughs> on their phones? When it finally hit like 2.33 p.m., I just gave up. I begin my drive home. I finally get a text around 4 p.m. saying that they couldn't find me even though their car was right behind me when we drove away from the restaurant. They said oh, well, and just drove back to the hotel and feel like they got enough photos that day. I just am speechless. To this day, I have no idea truly what happened. I know that it was them in the car right behind me, but I also gaslit myself so insanely, I don't even know what to be believe anymore. I have videos and photos with timestamps of this whole affair. I sent them the sneak peeks, didn't hear anything, sent them the full gallery May, still didn't hear anything. They didn't even open the gallery, which I was tracking until a random day in September 2022, where they downloaded the full thing. Never heard from them, but they did tip me $150 with their final payment on the night of the wedding. Holy cow. Okay, first of all, that was like a 10-minute story. I feel like I need a blink because <laughs> I was just like trying to concentrate so hard on reading that. Oh, guys. Guys, 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 guys. Wow. <laughs> Okay, it's it's kind of double layered. It's like first you you almost sent that email. You were under the impression like this isn't even happening, bro. Like this just isn't going to happen because they're not even talking to you. Can I tell you? Something happened to me where I sent a bride my questionnaire 30 days before the wedding. I don't get it back. You know, a, a week before the wedding, I'm like, "Okay, follow up. Hey, can you send this to me?" Never get an answer. Literally 2 days before the wedding, I, I don't have a location. She gave me like a generic area and I tried to look up this farm, but it was like a private farm that didn't have an Instagram page. So literally I was like, I don't know where I'm going the night before. I'm like, I, she didn't fill out the questionnaire. I have no idea where I'm going. There's no planner. There's no coordinator. No one has told me anything. I texted her. I called her. I was like, bro, I have no idea where I'm going. Literally the night before the wedding, she's like, Hey, oh my gosh, I've been so busy. Here's the questionnaire. And I'm just like, awesome. Like, I get it. You're busy with planning. But if I do not know where I am going, I cannot show up. I'm pretty sure it's in my contract, too, that, like, if you don't submit the questionnaire within seven days, like, I'm not responsible for, like, actually being there because, like, you didn't give me enough time or whatever. Obviously, I'm going to show up. Obviously. Like, I'm still going to show up. But that 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 is giving me the same thing as this. Like, it's just chaotic it's just like there are more people like there are people relying on you like you need to give a location and then they drove past you like seriously sometimes I think people are just not locked in like they're not <laughs> they're just not maybe they don't care that much I don't know that's wild I don't even know what to say about that 
Okay, let's go to the next one because we've got a lot more and I'm at 40 minutes. Okay. Woke up to multiple texts from a client really angry asking where I was for our sunrise shoot and then eventually telling me she was leaving. I saw the text five minutes after she said she was leaving. I immediately flew out of the bed and in my panic, I texted her back saying, I'm so sorry my alarm didn't go off, but I'm on my way and would give her a partial discount if she still wanted to do the shoot that morning. Even though I was actually like, wait, OMG, I had a shoot today. She was extremely angry and rude and my whole body felt so anxious. I told her I'm so sorry and that I'd give her a refund. When I went into HoneyBook to refund her, I saw that she had the date wrong. And the shoot was the next day. (laughs) So my question is, did you still do the shoot? Like, yeah, I'm sure you, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, they show their true colors. When like something like that happened, she got angry. She was mad at you. She made you so anxious. And then it's like, oh, you were actually, they were actually wrong. And like, but she showed her true true colors by being all mad at you and like, uh, like obviously if someone misses your photo shoot, I, yeah, be a little angry, but like still treat someone like a person and not showing their true colors. I would be like, I don't even know if I want to shoot this the next day. Okay, we've got another long one. We've got a couple of long ones, guys. So I'm just going to read them and I'm not going to like give a ton of comments, which is going to be hard. Okay, lock in. This wasn't really a nightmare client, but nightmare sisters of the bride. I recently photographed my husband's best friend wedding and now wife's wedding. They had been engaged for a year and a half and hadn't even started planning a wedding until they found out they were pregnant and wanted to be married before the baby arrived. They planned the wedding in under two months, so I told them I would photograph it as a gift to them. I love both of them and they're amazing people, but little did I know she had three older sisters who are not nearly as nice. On the wedding day, I chose to wear a beige sweater dress with combat boots. I arrived to the house where the girls were getting ready and started photographing details and the girls doing their hair and makeup. Everything was going great and the bride seemed very relaxed and happy the whole morning. One of the sisters was not there yet and ended up showing up later on. And as soon as she got there, she pulled all of her other sisters, including the bride, into the bathroom and slammed the door in my face. Ten minutes later, I find out from my husband, who was the best man in the wedding, that the one sister who came up to my husband and said, why is your girlfriend wearing a wedding dress to my sister's wedding? Oh, my gosh. The groom interjected and asked if the bride even cared about my dress, to which the sister said she didn't care. The groom told her to drop the subject then since it wasn't an issue to the bride. About an hour later, I was approached by the other sister who was the maid of honor and asked where the bridal bouquet was. I told her it was certainly that I was certain I placed it in a box that was put in the car and that they drove in. She snapped at me and told me that the bouquet wasn't there. I told her that's the last I knew of the bouquet was being placed in the car. Two seconds later, she goes back to the car and sure enough, the bride was sitting in the passenger seat with her bouquet in her hands. At this same time, I was trying to coordinate getting the groom out to the first look location. I asked that same sister to bring the bride out five minutes after I left with the groom. And then about 30 minutes later, all the family members can make their way to that spot for photos. We were pretty behind schedule, but I was determined to get all the shots that they wanted and still do the first look in private hours as they requested. The sister told me that they would just have to, quote, deal with people watching their first look, unquote. And that the family members and everyone would be going out to the location at the same time. 
At this point, the bride and groom said they didn't really care anymore. They just did their first look with all of their family members watching behind them. Oh, that's so sad. And they decided to just skip their private vows entirely. For the remainder of the evening, I was given lots of side eyes by the sisters. Because my husband and the groom are so close, a lot of my husband's family and in-laws attended the wedding. And I asked them if they thought (laughs) the color of my dress was okay, to which they all said it was brown or tan and that it was okay to wear. Two days later, I get a text from the bride saying she had just learned about the comment her sister made about my dress to my husband, even after she told she had told her sister she wasn't bothered by it. She apologized and told me she didn't think it was white at all and that she never noticed. After shooting an 11-hour day for them and dealing with the sisters, I grabbed my husband and basically ran out of there once the night was pretty much over. Yeah, I would too. That is... Ugh. That's just... Uh, it's giving toxic. Okay. Let's talk about the whole, like... I said I wasn't going to make comments. Let's talk about the whole, like white dress to a wedding thing okay it's just (laughs) there are some dresses where it's so apparent even if it's a lighter color like a light beige it is very apparent that is not a wedding dress a sweater dress is not a wedding dress you know what I mean like if it was floor length and it was like a light beige I would say okay that's pretty dang close to a wedding dress but like (laughs) I don't know. It's, I feel like people take it so seriously and it's like, for why? Like there are like those pattern dresses that are like off white. And then there's like a pink or like blue pattern on top of it. I've heard people say like, you can't wear that. It's white. And to me, I'm like, okay. Unless like the bride, like that is that person's style to have like, like a colorful wedding dress. (laughs) I'm like, I feel like it doesn't really matter. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's no one's going to mistake that person for the bride. Like, no one is going to think, oh, was that the bride? This person in this beige sweater dress? No. No one's going to think that. So, like, why does it matter? Why are we stirring up drama, guys? Let it go. Just let it go. Okay. Okay, so I had this client reach out to me. Needless to say, they ended up being someone that I didn't end up booking because the contract process was hell. I had tried booking some clients on Thumbtack, don't recommend, and I was trying to book with prices that were super low because I needed the content as a budding photographer. So the bride is super excited and she's like, yeah, we're going to book. Can you talk to my fiance about the final details? And I was like, sure, because I assumed that he was the one paying. I sent him my contract. We get on the phone. He tells me he wants all of the raw footage. I tell him that I don't provide the raws typically. He tells me that the bride has a lot of followers and he's a prominent lawyer slash business owner in the community. He says that I will get many more clients from this event. He requests to send a contract that he wrote for himself for me to sign. At this point, I'm still entertaining the idea because they booked one of my biggest packages, even though it was a really small price and he was a lawyer. I received his contract and on it, he says that I'm not allowed to post any of the photos from the event on my own social media or on my own website to protect their privacy. However, the literal reason that I booked them at such a low price was so that I could do exactly just that. I talked to another mentor of mine and she looked up the groom and his bride on social media. First of all, the bride's Instagram was on private with very few followers, and the groom had a fake company tagged in his Instagram bio. 
I ended up telling them that I wouldn't be a good fit. I've heard this happening to a lot of beginner photographers. So stay safe out there and make sure you're charging for your raws. Also, as a beginner photographer, don't take on solo weddings you can't put on your portfolio. That should be a no-brainer, but I almost considered it because I figured I needed the experience. It's much better to just find a second shooter gig out there that will allow you to keep and edit your raws. Love the podcast, girly. I listen to it every time I have a long drive to a gig and has inspired me so much instead of stressing me out. Oh, I'm so glad you like the podcast. And wow, crazy. Like the fake company, like really goes to the extent of making a fake company. That is, that is wild. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Let me just tell you guys this little story about when I was first starting out and I had someone reach out to me and like, we went through the whole booking process, sent the contract over and they were like, we want the rights to the photos. Like we don't want you to post them for our privacy, blah, blah, blah. And I never ended up booking them. And I just told them, I think I sent them an email and said, Hey, I can't do that because, um, yeah, I'm trying to post things. So not going to work for me. And same scenario. Like, I mean, obviously not the same scenario. They didn't have a fake business and all that, but like, I really like the point that you made of like, don't, don't just take things if it's not actually going to benefit you. Remember like the main purpose when you're first starting out, what's the reason? Why are you booking things? Like there are times where you have to compromise on price or, you know, offer free sessions and stuff like that, but you really have to make sure it aligns with like your purpose. Like why, why are we doing this? Okay. Love that. Okay. We have got, ooh, three four five six stories holy cow okay (laughs) they're all good though like that's why i put all of them in here okay this is a story of why you don't over overbook yourself even if it seems like a cool opportunity the cool opportunity that cool opportunities in quotes became my only nightmare client of 2023 it's never worth it to overbook To preface, I had weddings booked for Friday and Sunday in South Orange County, only 30 minutes from me, 4th of July weekend. This wedding was for a Saturday in Santa Barbara. In the inquiry, she referred to the wedding as an intimate vintage rodeo at a local historical building. How could I say no to that? It seemed to be a dream. Ideal client. uh, It seemed to be a dream ideal client for my first year of full-time photography. The bride was her own coordinator, and since the wedding was so small, I took the pass on creating a third timeline for that weekend since she had a very relaxed one written up for me. Day, the day of, everything went so smoothly. I had a second shooter. We did a great job, and it was super chill and fun. Although we didn't have time to eat dinner, that was ultimately my bad for not making a more in-depth timeline. Mm. I'm going to stop you right there. It's not your fault if you don't eat dinner. (laughs) That is not on you. (laughs) But I appreciate you trying to take the blame on that one. Fast forward to her receiving her gallery and she didn't respond for a while, which is always disheartening. When she finally responded, she asked if she could get back if she could get back more photos of her walking down the aisle with her brother, her dad passed away many years ago. And obviously that was a very important moment, but the the extent of that was never communicated to me prior. I explained to her that I gave her back every photo that I felt captured that moment. But unfortunately when she entered the tiny chapel at this historical building, it was pitch black until she was basically at the top of the aisle because 
because she didn't do a first look, my top priority was documenting her husband's reaction while she was in the dark anyways. And prior to her entrance, my second shooter was documenting her walking up to the building from outside before she made her entrance. My second shooter ended up being trapped outside until she made it down the aisle. Otherwise, she would have basically had to walk down the aisle with her, which is not a great idea. I still went back and added a handful of photos from her brother giving her away. So she did have the most full documentation of that moment possible. She was incredibly upset that she quote paid for two second shooters and didn't have a single image of her being walked down the aisle unquote and quote a huge mistake was made quote which is just plain false. She still got 10 to 12 photos of that moment and their beautiful shots. Months later, she ended up apologizing and admitting that she was feeling some type of way about losing her dad and not having him in that moment. I totally understood and we were on good terms. Fast forward to November. I plan a trip to Sedona for my birthday and this couple now resides in Northwest Arizona in the same area-ish as Sedona. So now I think how sweet would it be if we could stop by their place to catch up and maybe take a couple of pics of them at their new home. I reach out about a casual meetup, casuals in all caps, not at all suggesting I'd give them a whole photo shoot and she's stoked. But sadly, timing wise, her husband's work schedule made it really tricky and we had tentative plans to meet up Sunday morning when I was on my way back to California the morning after my B-Day. On my birthday night, I mapped to their city. She never actually gave me their address and realized it's actually way further out of the way than I thought. And there's no way the day after my birthday, <laughs> my butt was going to be awake at 6 a.m. to check out and get to her in time. So I canceled and said we'd have to visit them another time. And I hoped that she was going to understand. She absolutely did not. <laughs> and then brought, brought up her, quote, missing photos and basically said I owed her a shoe and that she was deeply disappointed in me then proceeded to ask for Polaroids from her wedding that never existed. Literally what? So all that to say, just don't overbook yourself, guys. I got home from that trip so discouraged, but immediately bought a Polaroid printer and printed out a ton of photos from their wedding day and sent her a super nice letter apologizing for her experience. Haven't heard a peep since, but the couple still uses their wedding photos on social media all the time. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I, okay. I feel bad that she was kind of taking out that, that feeling about missing her dad. I feel bad that she took that out on you. I feel bad that she had to feel that in the first place. Um, you know, it's unfortunate with the lighting, unfortunate circumstances. It was pitch dark. Um, I do wonder if there's something you could have, if you could have, done a little bit of prep work. Usually when I shoot my weddings, I have Charlie walk the duration of the aisle beforehand and I stand and I make sure like I see what the lighting's going to be like so I can capture that whole thing. Um, I mean, that's probably the only thing I would say is kind of on you is even if it is pitch black, you, you know, maybe lower your aperture with the aperture ring and then crank it up when she gets to the top of the aisle to you know, properly expose her and still be able to capture all of that. Um, but I mean, it sounds like you did everything you could and you delivered plenty of photos. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think what's crazy is just like the end <laughs> about like meeting up and <laughs> good for you for printing out those Polaroids. I would not have done that. <laughs> okay. Next story. 
buckle in. The story just keeps getting worse. My mom has had the same best friend since kindergarten. Her best friend adopted a daughter a few years younger than me. She considers us, quote, childhood best friends, but I do not. LOL. So this adopted daughter will call her Stephanie. Stephanie got engaged to this man she only knew for a few months. His divorce finalized literally one month before their wedding. Oof. She wanted me to photograph their wedding, but couldn't afford it. So my mom's best friend paid for it as a wedding present. I asked for $1,000 because they didn't want to spend that because they didn't think this wedding would last. Oh my gosh. So I did it for $500. It was my first and last wedding. Leading up to her wedding, I asked her all the questions to understand the timeline of the wedding. She had nothing figured out. She didn't know the songs her bridesmaids were walking down the aisle to. She didn't know what time her bridesmaids could arrive at the venue for photos. She didn't know what was going to come. She didn't know who was going to convert the venue from ceremony to reception. The venue was her fiance's dad's church. That used to be a movie theater, AKA no windows. I asked who was going to be in charge of music because they couldn't afford a band or DJ. And she said a boy from her church <laughs> face. There's a literal face palm emoji in this. She told me she didn't have Spotify. And I said, how are you going to play music then? And she said, YouTube. And I said, so you're just going to be walking down the aisle and have to stop for ads. She told me her fiance had YouTube premium. And I said, bet. The day of the wedding, her bridesmaids were supposed to arrive at 2 p.m. and get ready. I was supposed to start shooting at 4 p.m. I get there at 4 and no one is there but the bride and the groom. She's in her pajamas. Apparently, the girl that was supposed to do her hair and makeup, a family friend, never showed up. But she didn't think to tell me this. So I ended up doing her hair and makeup. I'm not a professional, but this girl doesn't have anything. No curling iron, no flat iron, no bobby pins, not even a hair tie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't even know what I would do. She has a one scrunchie with a bow that says bride. She wanted me to do an updo and I'm like, girl, I can do a ponytail. <laughs> so I do one of those ponytails that you twist back into itself and it looked pretty okay. Then I did her makeup. Her bridesmaids didn't show up because apparently they were still at work. And I said, girl, you didn't think to tell me that? The boy who was supposed to do her music didn't show up. So some old lady that ran the church did it for the ceremony. Did she, or it was a guy, some old guy ra that ran the church did it for the ceremony. Did he understand YouTube? Not a bit. Oh, I forgot to say, remember how her fiance had YouTube premium? Well, he didn't know his password and it wasn't saved in the app or on his phone. So there were ads. I wish I was kidding. So once the ceremony was done, the guy doing the music left and it fell onto me. I ended up queuing songs that were both fun for brides, for the bride's family and Christian approved for the groom's family. Eventually, I passed the torch to my 13 year old brother, told him to play clean music. And he says, so no Lizzo. No, dude, of course, no Lizzo. <laughs> I definitely blacked out during the whole fiasco, but we made it through. Are the pictures horrible because no one wanted to be there and therefore no one was smiling? Yes. Are they horrible because the background of the altar was a projector screen with... <laughs> oh my gosh. Are they, are they horrible because the background of the altar was a projector screen with stock photos of rings? Yeah. Needless to say, I will not be shooting another wedding, but a year later, they are still married and they have a baby now. <laughs> I did not read that last part about the projector screen. 
<laughs> that is so funny. Oh my gosh. This is a mix of a, hor- a horror story, like just a wedding horror story mixed with like, like the client nightmare client thing too. It's the lack of communication for me. Like, <laughs> yeah, you really stepped up and did your part. I'm really proud of you. You a plus for client experience, a plus for customer service. You, you win. Whoever wrote that, you are a winner. So this was part nightmare wedding, part nightmare client. I had a client who booked me for photo only for her wedding day. The entire wedding day, she was complaining, yelling, and getting stressed at everyone around her. Her groom clearly did not give a flying fig about the wedding or her desires. He wasn't helping with anything, and his groomsmen complained about having to help with anything in the day as well. During the ceremony, the bride's mom was supposed to be doing video the entire time on her phone. I let her know she might be in the shots if she was too close to the aisle, but she just brushed me off. Come ceremony time, her mom blocked almost every single shot, videoing with her phone, and the bride after tells me that her mom felt blocked when I would step around her. (laughs) Okay, this is just going to be that kind of wedding. Then when I deliver her sneak peeks, later, she complains, 24 hours later, she complains about my editing style. She sends me reference photos of what she wants, even though she knows my style, and then complains her arms are too big and that she hates how uncomfortable they look in all the photos, even though on the day of, she said she felt amazing. When they finally deliver, when I finally deliver the gallery, she asks for a re-edit and then ghosts me when I ask if she'd kindly confirm if she liked the final edits and if she'd mind leaving me a review. TBH, I don't mind she didn't leave a good review. I'm just happy she hasn't come after me for something else. Yeah. Yikes. Ugh. I feel bad about the confidence thing. I do. But the mom videoing in the aisle. It's a shame. It's a true shame. I shot a wedding where the mother of the bride was the biggest micromanager and always over my shoulder. She also wore a hot pink dress and said she wore it because she wanted to stand out. Anyways, I sent them their client back and the couple loved the photos. The bride even called me and cried to me about how happy they were. Well, a couple weeks later, the mom emailed me and asked if I would edit the color of her dress to be more true to color in every single picture because I altered it too much. I sent her the original image and showed her that I didn't alter it much and it really was just that bright pink. I offered to do one image for free, but then there would be a charge per image for the extra editing and she freaked out. She called me a bitch, told me my work sucked. The next day I woke up to 10 new reviews on my Facebook page, all one star, all relatives and friends of this mom. The mom's review was the only one with words and she went on and on and on about how I refused to edit the color of her dress and was rude and awful. She then said that she took my image and had another photographer fix it and talked up that photographer. I just responded and said, I love that you just admitted to illegal behavior. You signed a contract that states you or any other photographer cannot edit my images. So thank you. I will be taking this to my lawyer. She then took the review down, but of course the other one star reviews were still there the bride texted me later that day and apologized for her mom's behavior and promised i'd never hear from her again and i haven't okay that is just solidifying my 
comment earlier about how sometimes these are nightmare like people associated with the client, not necessarily the client themselves. What I think is too far and what I think nobody should ever do to a business, period, unless it's like they did something absolutely awful, is go and just like leave so many one-star reviews, especially over something like this. Obviously, if a business does something heinous, (laughs) then okay, I'll make an exception. But like this is just like, petty bullying that I don't appreciate, especially for a small business, a small business of just one person who is, you know, it's just like, why would you do that to another person? Like, it's not like you're doing it to this big corporation. That's not even going to see it. It's like, you're doing it to one person and that's really tough. And it's almost like, what's the reason? Like, what are you hoping to get out of it? A refund? Okay, what if they ref- what if you just ask for a refund and don't leave a horrible review? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I've never been in a situation. I I've had bad experiences with businesses before. But my bad experience, I'm not going to leave a one-star review because I'm just like I just think about the people who own that place. I think it's their livelihood. You know, I don't know. I really try to be sympathetic with reviews and that's just not it for me. That's not the energy that we are bringing into 2024. Okay. Cut it out. Okay, guys, that's all I have for today's episode. We've crazy client stories. You guys never fail to deliver. So thank you. This episode could not have happened without your stories. So thank you for submitting. I really appreciate it. Um, if you haven't already, I would love for you to go to the Oshu podcast, Instagram, give it a follow. Um, we've got lots of new followers over there. Thanks to reels. So hop on over there. That's where you see new episode updates, story submissions. All that is over on Instagram. Um, that's all I have for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week. Bye. Exposure with all of the highlights and the shadows is my composure. All the layers above, all the edits and tweaks, I know her. I am so done, need more time developing in my red room. It doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand. Whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking it. doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand. Whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking you, taking you, taking you. Getting a little bit higher. With every step I take, I'm getting good. Getting a little bit better. I'm climbing to the top. Never gonna stop. I'm We're gonna stop finding good old